all those that are sick in prayer. All right. Uh, have your Bibles turn with me to the book of Isaiah, if you would. Book of Isaiah. And I'm um, going to be reading in the, the, the 11th, begin 11th verse, Isaiah 8. Begin in the 11th verse. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. <clears throat> standing is the honor of God's word. That's the only reason. You don't have to stand just because I'm reading. Uh, but it's to honor God's word. For the Lord spake thus to me, <clears throat> which is, which, with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Now this is God speaking to Isaiah. Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom the people shall say, A confederacy, confederacy, neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he shall be for a sanctuary, that for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense, to both the house of Israel, for a gin and for a snare, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem." Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Lord, I pray that you'll help me today. and Lord, you'll go with me and watch over me. Help me, Lord, to say what you would have me to say. And help it to be correct, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you'll bless me in everything. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, I titled this message, The Sanctuary. And... Um, I want you to know that uh, a lot of study was put into this message and um, parts of the scripture that some people are scared to death to preach on. Uh, I thank the Lord that uh, he leads me to study them and to learn what's, what, is, what is written there in there. The sanctuary, I just want to let you know that... Uh, when I put sanctuary over the door up there, some of the preachers that come to the Bible conference don't agree with that word sanctuary over the door out there. Matter of fact, they have let me know that they don't agree with it, but I can't help it. You know, uh, concerning the meaning of sanctuary, then that's in the right place. Because... Uh, uh, the meaning of sanctuary is the fact that this is a place that we flee to when we want to get out of the, uh, the problems that the world has and such and such as this. You don't, you don't bring those problems in here with you. You come in here to escape them and to stay away from them. The message was given to Isaiah in a time of distress and perplexity. For the houses of Israel. Now, when he talks about the houses of, when I say speak the houses of Israel, 
there were 12 of them and of those houses. And, of course, Judah was one of them. Judah was the one that, uh, that was mentioned about uh, more than any of the rest of them as far as, and the reason being is because uh, Judah is the line in which Christ came from. And so Judah's mentioned, but Judah went away from God. And this is, this is what this is all about. One of the houses was Judah, as we said. One of those houses were the house of Judah. Judah was in danger, and, and you got listen to this clearly. Judah was in danger for Syria and Israel had formed a confederacy. Now, I put in parentheses a mob. I, I like that word mob because that's what people do. They mob up together, and everybody agrees that there's nothing wrong with uh, with uh, what we what we're about to do, and so if everybody agrees, there's nothing wrong with what we're about to do. Then let's do it. Well, they had that same mob before the flood. All the people mobbed together, and they decided they were going to do, and and that's why the Lord said the imaginations of their heart was evil, <clears throat> and that's that's what they do, and that's that's what was happening here. <clears throat> Israel had formed a confederacy. Now, um, this word confederacy, I use it as a slang word, it's mob, but this word confederacy, confederacy means that they had gathered together with others to come up with a plan for how they were going to do things or what they were going to have. But it, the confederacy was against the house of Judah. And... Um, there was nothing wrong because Judah had done. Judah was wrong in what they were doing. But there was nothing wrong with, uh, uh, only thing wrong with Israel, Israel had joined up with some folks that didn't believe exactly the way, didn't believe the way they believed and what they believed about uh, these things. Many of those in Judah had become displeased with the house of David and had taken up with the uh with the enemies of Israel. And um now now what we got here is is we've got a we, we we've got a um time of um when they had band together with other people that they shouldn't have band together with. In other words, we should never Mob up with the world. We should never mob up with what the world teaches and say, well, you know, this is what we believe too. As I've said a few times before, this is what's going on in Washington right now. You know, you got your mobs that are mobbing up together. And uh, I like what uh, Jesse Waters says. Jesse Waters says it's a mob. And I agree with him. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, it is a mob that they have mobbed up together. Now, in verse 8 of our text, he says, For as much as this people, that is Judah, refuses the waters of Shiloh, which go uh, softly and rejoice with some of the people that didn't agree with that, re- reason, 
and Remelius' son. This, this, this was an outsider. This was an outsider. This was an enemy of, 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 of Israel. But they had mobbed up with this enemy. And they had determined this is what they were going to do. What Israel was supposed to, was going to re- rebuke them, but Israel had done the very same thing. And this, this is why that God was very angry with, with those people. It was a question who the prophet Isaiah would align with. You know, will Isaiah align with Judah or will Isaiah align with Israel? Now, Isaiah is a prophet of God. It's just like the pastor. Who, who, who is a pastor to join up with? You know, well, you know, it comes a time when in, even, even nowadays, when a pastor has to determine who he's going to agree with and who he's going to disagree with. And uh, some people say, well, if you agree with everybody, you're fine. You can do anything you want to. And that's true. And, and, and if, you, if you agree with everything that goes on out there in the world, you can do whatever you want to in the world. And that's fine if you agree with it. But that's exactly where Isaiah was right now. This is why Isaiah wrote this, what I just read to you. Because he was trying to, he was going to determine who he was to align with, Israel or Judah. And so he, that's, that was the dilemma that he was in. Now let me say here, this is a problem even today with the Lord's churches. Who do you align with? You know, somebody said uh, sometimes back that they were going to leave us old preachers alone. They were just going to let us just preach ourselves out of a job. But they didn't say they were going to help us preach ourselves out of a job. And that's what they're doing now. Exactly what they're doing now and exactly what's happening now and it's it's coming from people that some of you know quite well and you know you there's just you don't have to i don't have to tell you that i'm an old preacher let me i know i'm an old preacher and i know a lot of preachers have already hung it up before they get my age That's what I, I read something here a while back that Sister Pyle put on about Brother Pyle. I read it on Facebook where she put on there that, oh yeah, he, he makes his stumbles. He stumbles a lot of times, but, but as long as he wants to get up there and preach, she said, I'm not going to say anything about it if he wants to preach. And sometimes that's the way I feel. That, uh, I hope that no one realizes that just because I make a few mistakes, let, let them, let them carry on about it. But let us do what you do here. 
And that is, I, I have people that correct me, and I'm thankful for that. You didn't know this was going to come up in this message. But this is coming up in this message because Isaiah needed something from God whether to align with Israel or whether to align with Judah. And he needed, he needed, uh, some, some of God's wisdom. <clears throat> it is a question, talking about today, it is a question to whom God's men will align with. There are those who refuse the waters of Shiloh, which is a picture of the true gospel. That's, that's all, that's all I could get out of this is that when he talks about, when he says there, he says, uh, they refuse to refuse the waters of Shiloh, which go softly and rejoice with those that oppose the waters of Shiloh. Now, there are those who oppose the truth of the gospel. You know what I believe the true gospel is? The true gospel is about sovereign God and sovereign grace. That's the true gospel. Now, we, we see it all the time. We saw it just last week. Sam and Karen, myself, we saw it last week. We saw where that someone took the gospel and they used it as a means of making people make quote-unquote decisions by bowing their head and raising their hands. I knew that was coming. I got up and left. Kara did too. But I got up and left because I had to, because I was supposed to meet somebody over here at church that afternoon. And Brother Sam said, y'all left too soon. He said they started a hand raising and all that. He didn't say we left too soon. He just said that if we'd have stayed, that's what we would have seen. The hand raising, head bound. Now, that's, that's one thing to say that I'm preaching the gospel, but it's another thing to align with whoever, whatever people are preaching as far as the gospel is concerned. I don't believe those who take an Armenian view of the gospel as preaching the true gospel of Christ, and they shouldn't be aligned with. Well, that, that was the dilemma that Isaiah had. Who do I align with? Do I align with Israel, who was, who was fellowshipping with the world? Or do I align with Judah, which was fellowshipping with the world? Who do I align with? Then, if I can't align with them, then I've got to stand single. I've got to stand single and I've got to, I've got to preach what God lays on my heart. Same way with Isaiah, he's got to, he's got to prophesy exactly the way God wanted him to prophesy and he did that. Later on, if you read the whole thing, you'll find that he rebuked all of them. He didn't, he didn't align with any of them, he rebuked all of them. When you see this, God must reveal 
to us who is the truth and who is not. God's got to reveal that to you, who's the truth and who's not, or you'll, you'll just align with anybody and say just because they mention the name religion, they're okay. I've, I've been told that, not, not here, but I've been told that, that if a person is religious, they're okay. But we seem to believe that. We seem to believe that, you know, uh, um, just, just today, I was watching the news this morning. Did you know there's 200,000 extra people in Miami this weekend? Why? Because of the Super Bowl. Now, what did they have? They had a little prayer service. And they called in a Catholic priest. And he said a prayer for all the Super Bowl attenders and all of those that were there. That was their religion. 200,000 extra people. Now, I don't know, but I know those 200,000 extra people, they were from somewhere else. They didn't go to their church today. But it was okay that a Catholic priest would pray for all of them. It was okay that somebody would come and preach, but that's fine. That makes me okay now. That's just like uh, the guy that I drink coffee with and, you know, and he'll cuss and cuss and cuss and then he'll jump up and run out and I'll say, where are you going? I, I gotta go and confess my sins and get them forgiven. He comes right back and he starts cussing, carrying on, going on again. And I said, well, you need to go back. He said, oh, I will. But to, to somebody's eyes, that man's okay. He said, oh, don't, don't bother him. I had somebody tell me, he said, don't, don't bother him because he's got his own religion. Well, as a matter of fact, they said he's got his own religion, you got your cult. <clears throat> Isaiah said, The Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of the people. I should not align with none of them. Uh, you find that in verse 12. He said, I should not align with any of them. He said, the Lord has shown me that I should not align with any of them. And I, I'm pretty sure he didn't do it. Judah had lost sight of God and their relationship with him. As a result, they were seeking association with a worldly prospering people. Now Israel didn't like what Judah was doing. Judah didn't like what Israel was doing. So Judah sought out prospering people in the world and they said, well, this is where we stand. You know, we're going to be better off there than we are 
not taking a stand against them. The Lord's people must decide which way they're going to go. Is it to separate themselves to God and His truth, or will they form a league with the aggressive forces of untruth? Where where would you rather be? Among those of untruth? Or would you rather be to where you have to rebuke those that are untruth? No. It's easier to align forces with them. That's the easy thing to do. Don't fall into this snare. That's what the Bible calls it, a snare. Don't be terrified of their numbers. I once was warned several years ago that a certain person had enough votes here to run me off. I was warned with that. And they probably did. But you've got to, as Isaiah says here, ye shall be broken into pieces if you do such a thing as that. In verse 9 of this text, What are we going to do when their counsel comes to naught? In verse 10, he says, These people's counsel, these people's aligning together will come to naught. Won't nothing, it won't nothing appear in it. What are you going to do then if you align with them? Are you going to come to naught with them? Or are you going to realize that you shouldn't have done it to start with? Are we going to try and explain it away? Or are we going to look to rebuke them for aligning with untruth? What are we going to do? Oh, it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's all right. I'm not hurting anything. You know, we're supposed to rebuke untruth. We're not supposed to align with it. Those who wanted, those who wanted to join in the confederacy, the mob, were instructed by the Lord to sanctify the Lord of hosts himself. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Let, let the Lord be your fear and let the Lord, don't fear the mob. Let the Lord be your dread and your fear. Look to God, you know, he, he, he is, he is to be dreaded more than what people out there might do to you or say to you. That's found in verse 13. What does it mean to sanctify the Lord of hosts? It simply means to set him apart from all others as the sole object of confidence. That's what it, that's what that means. 
when he says sanctify the Lord of hosts. It means that you set him aside. You set him aside. As the object of confidence, no others. You know, only thing, I'm, I'm going to go to eye surgery. And I need it. I really do. I need it. I admit. I need it. But I'm going to have to trust that Dr. Kim knows what he's doing when he goes inside of my eye. That's the, only, that's the only thing I have. I have to put confidence in the Lord that the Lord's going to guide him and direct him in what to do inside of my eye. Now, I've heard all kinds of stories. I have. I've heard stories from people who've had the same surgery and they said it was nothing to it. But then I heard a story yesterday a lady who had the same surgery, and she had some bad complications. They couldn't get the lens back in her eye. I said, well, what did they do? She said, they put the lens on the outside of my eye. Just like a, what do you call it? A, those things you put in your eyes? Contacts. Contacts. There you go. I said, well, how do you see? She said, I see perfectly. So that gave me more confidence in Dr. Kim because he's the one, he's the one did it. And that's what he's telling Isaiah. He's saying, Told Isaiah, said, sanctify the Lord of hosts and realize that he's the only one that you can put confidence in. You can't put confidence in these people that will compromise or these people over here that will compromise. You can't put confidence in them. Put confidence in the Lord that what the Lord has led you to do, and that's what I've tried to do my whole ministry. Which now is soon approaching 53 years. I've tried to put my confidence in the Lord and not put my confidence in man. So that word sanctuary out there, it means more than a lot of people thinks it means. Sanctuary means that this is the place that the Lord is at. And if the Lord is here, then he's going to bless it. That's what I believe. I think the Lord's going to bless us. Now, I think we've seen that. I think we've seen that over the years. I, I haven't been, I haven't been the, the most intelligent preacher that's in the drawer. But God has used it. God has used the ministry not because that I'm eloquent. You know, it was, it was, it was Moses who told the Lord, said, Lord said, I want you to lead my people out of Israel. I mean, out of Egypt. I get that right. Lead my people out of Egypt. 
And is and Moses said, Lord, you know I'm not very eloquent. You know, Lord, I'm not very good at speaking. And the Lord said, all you've got to do, Moses, is just tell them, I am sent you. All we've got to do to get to get through this life unscathed as far as the world is concerned, get through this life is to realize that Jesus is the I am. Even uh, when uh, Jesus was questioned by the Pharisees about his authority, he used the word I am. which meant that all of his authority, only authority he has comes from God. Same way it is. Jesus prayed. Here's what Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth, John 17 And verse 19, Jesus said, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart. I set myself apart from everything else. And as a result of me setting myself apart, that they might be set apart through the truth. The truth is what sets you apart to what you believe and what you stand for. You know, you will drink the waters of Shiloh knowing that they're good waters and knowing that they're smooth waters. But if you're all mixed up, you don't know what water to drink. The only thing that will straighten us out is the truth of the Word. The truth of the Word is what straightens us out and keeps us in line of what we should do. You know, I sit and think a lot of times... You know, uh, how did I get this far? Kara had a man come to me here a while back, and he said, I don't know where one of your members got it, but said, I tell you, she knows what she's talking about. They, she, he was from Glenwood. And I sat there and thought, well, now, Lord, did you use me to teach it to her? I thought, no, that can't be. Because I don't see myself as being able to do anything like that. Don't let anyone draw you away from the truth. Jesus said, and fear not them which kill the body, but are, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 10 verse 28. Don't fear what other people say to you. Don't fear what they do. Don't, don't, don't fear what they say. Cause they, 
You, you've heard the old cliche, you know, they can kill me, but they can't eat me. Well, they had one man that could. Dahmer, I believe was his name. He used to kill young boys and then cook them and eat them. Jeffrey Dahmer. Y'all remember him? He killed young boys and boiled them and ate them. So that, that old cliche don't work. They can kill you, but they can't eat you. Yeah, he did. Well, when you look to the Lord, you know, you look to the Lord who can not necessarily kill you, but he can destroy both soul and body in hell. When we lose sight of the sanctuary of Christ, we lose sight of our peace, I'm sorry, our place of hiding and blessings. When you lose sight of that, and some have, because they don't see that it's a blessing to be in the Lord's house anymore. If they did, they flee here. If they did, they would fly here. I can't help it. They would fly here. I've never been able to figure out why some people get sick and what they do. They fly away from the Lord instead of flying to Him. They fly here. They fly there. Just like Brother Sam was talking in there this morning. You know, the lady that had an issue of blood, she... She had spent everything she had on physicians who couldn't do anything for her. So she had only one alternative left, and that's to go to the Lord. Well, what if you do that first? First thing you do when problems hit your life is flee to the Lord. Don't flee away from the Lord. Don't flee away from church. Don't flee away from these things. Some do. I do agree. The hiding place is a dreadful place. It it is. The hiding place is a dreadful place. David, David made that statement when he was hiding from King Saul for his life. He said he was in a dreadful place. But yet he was hiding from King Saul. King Saul couldn't find him. Church services can be a dreadful place sometimes. If you come with sin in your heart, that can be a dreadful place to be. Oh, I know the preacher's going to say something about me. I know he is. I know he's going to say something about it. And I ask you today, what is your hiding place? Is it the Lord's church? Is it to the Lord? Or is it with the family of the world? Is that your hiding place? Rhonda told me some time back, she said, you need some happiness in your life. 
I said, I'm happy. I said, I'm happy to go to church. I'm happy to preach. And I'm happy to do what the Lord... And they, they no, there's no happier person than when I walk in here in the morning and get back there in that room and start studying. I told Winston, Winston's going to speak Wednesday night because I've got more, I've got instructions from them that they say the first day, the day of your surgery, they don't want you to exert yourself too much. I didn't tell them I don't exert myself too much anyway. But they said, don't exert yourself too much. And then they said, when you, you have to go the second day, Thursday, I got to go to the eye doctor here, and they've got to look at it and make sure everything's progressing well. So I told Winston, I said, Winston, I'm going to go by what they say. I'm not going to preach Wednesday night. I'm not saying that. He said, you're going to be here. I said, I might be. But I said, I'm not going to preach Wednesday night. So Winston's going to speak for y'all Wednesday night. Y'all going to have prayer. He'll say, well, I'm supposed to speak Sunday. I said, I know that. But I said, I'm going to speak Sunday. They didn't say nothing about three or four days down the road what to do. Never said a word. They just said the day of surgery. The Lord will, and I'm going to preach Sunday. And hopefully I can see better, at least with one eye. What is your hiding place? It is, is this the dreadful sanctuary of the Lord? Or is it with a crowd out there that you love to be with? Which one is it? Alright, let's all stand if you would. And we're going to sing a verse of song and I'm going to let you close for today. For this morning.